Hello. Welcome to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. This is your facilitator, Dr. Dave Cornelius. I want to encourage everyone to find their awesomeness. It is a choice. Let's begin your learning experience to achieve your awesomeness. This is the Agile for Humanity Tucson Meetup webinar series. Uh, today's Saturday, February 15th. And most of us are, are in Tucson, Arizona, except for my good friend, David uh, Martinez, Dr. Martinez, he's in California. Um, I just want to make sure everyone is aware that this is a recorded webinar series. Um, it's shared back with the Agile Alliance newsletter, and they have about 60,000 um, subscribers globally. Um, it's published on the Now Share with Dr. Dave podcast, where you could find in grokshare.com iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, it'll be on YouTube and Vimeo. It's also shared on social media channels that include Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Right now we're live on Facebook. Um, so other people who may join um, as attendees and listen to our conversation. Just wanna make sure everyone is aware of that. Um, I always talk about upcoming events because, you know, I'm just saying I'm a big time agilist. I'm all about agile as a practice, um, as a lifestyle. And so I promote a lot of the events that are going on around the world or throughout the country. So we have the Global Scrum Gathering in New York this coming May 11th through the 13th. Um, five Saturdays in Tucson is going to kick off June 18th through July 28th. I'll give you more information about that program. And then also we have the Agile 2020 conference in Orlando, Florida, that's coming up in <clears throat> July 20th through the 24th. We'll also have five Saturday STEAM programs in California, and we'll provide those dates later on as we, we get more information about it. About our sponsors, you know, we're sponsored by the Agile Alliance, which is a global organization, as well as the Scrum Alliance. Um, and we're also sponsored by Knowledgeshare which is a consultancy helping people to achieve awesomeness and very much involved with technology and agility, which helps put on this webinar series and give us the tools that we have. Um, coming up in March, you know, a friend of mine, Aaron Eden, um, he's the chief information officer from uh, Community Investment Corporation here in Tucson. So he's gonna present a, a topic which we're still negotiating. I saw him last night at uh, what we call the Founders Fridays meeting in Tucson. So um, he's cooking up a, a great topic for us um, for the future in March 21st. Um, the abstract. So the conversation that we're talking about is that I, I recently found an article in um, this is the PwC's PricewaterhouseCoopers, um, you know, titled The Talent Challenge, Harnessing the Power of Human Skills in the Machine Age. And they're looking at the CEO's top priorities. And, you know, one is innovation at 23%. You know, human capital people is 15%. And three, digital and technology capabilities is at 15%. And 77% of CEOs struggle to find the creativity and innovation skills they need. And so high school, to me, is the place where, uh, what I call is the jump, the, the springboard that where you get into the workforce, whether you go to college for a few years or you go directly, you know, this is where it, it all begins. So there are three questions that we'll walk through today. Um, question one, which is, you know, what are the biggest challenges students face to be ready to work in the 21st century? Um, looking at if they have the digital and soft skills. And what is the big idea with, that would help us to shape their readiness for high school students to compete, right, in the 21st century? And, you know, what are a few tangible steps that we can take right now? to help make things better. Um, a little bit about me as your facilitator. Um, I'm the founder of the Five Saturdays program, which is a STEAM program. Um, and we are based in Tucson and California. So I just wanted to just give you a bit of insight of why I'm passionate about this, because for the last seven years, we've been teaching kids how to write programs, teach them about agile, um, about uh, entrepreneurship, and how to find jobs. Um, so that's um, a little bit about the program that has spawned my interest into bringing most of you here today for our conversations. Let's get back here. And 
We may not have all of our panelists here. They haven't joined yet, but um, here is the list of our panelists. Um, and so you may have to unmute your mic as I introduce you. So the, the five people who are going to be a part of this panel as I'm facilitating is Stephanie Bermudez, and she's the CEO and founder of Startup Unidos. Um, we have Lucy Lebosha, and she will come in when she has some, when, whenever she gets on. Um, we have Heather Betts, who is an English teacher and agilista at Hope High School in Phoenix. We have Blaine Young, who is the CTO of Tucson Unified School District, and Dr. Dave Martinez, principal at Early College High School. So let's just start off and give a few, you know, 240 words. We're doing a tweet, right? And so, Stephanie, um, why don't you start with you about, just give some information about who you are and yeah. why you're here. Sure. My name is uh, Stephanie Bermudez. I've been teaching youth entrepreneurship for five years. I uh, currently am the founder and CEO of Startup Unidos, where we offer youth entrepreneurship programming for governments and universities on both sides of the border. Uh, we primarily focused in on underserved communities, and in Tucson, I am involved with all sorts of things, um, including uh, Tucson's innovation uh, partners. I'm uh, Startup Unidos is an entrepreneurial service organization, and I have been doing this work. Um, economic development and entrepreneurship for about 12 years overall. Nice to be here with you all. Thanks. Go ahead, Blaine. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Blaine Young, and I am currently the Chief Technology Officer at uh, Tucson Unified School District. About uh, almost two, two years into that role, uh, my wife and I moved to Tucson in uh, March of 2018. I came here from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I was uh, Chief Information Officer, but also the Chief Operations Officer at a very similar school district, serving a very diverse population of about 40,000 kids there across that metro area. And I was with the, the district there just shy of seven years. Um, before that, um, I had a, a very quick stint for the City of Tulsa as the IT Director there. And, um, and then before that, I was 30 years in private sector, including uh, energy, health services, Travel um, uh, and leisure, uh, but uh, most recently working for a company called MITRE Corporation, which really focuses on uh, uh, non-compete, uh, high-impact, high, uh, uh, long-term uh, uh, contracts for the federal government, so called FFRDCs. Uh, most people are most familiar with um, FFRDCs like Applied Physics Lab and Lincoln Labs and, and uh, the ones that um, uh, are a little bit closer to uh, the public. Uh, our work was primarily around DOD and uh, some of the civil agencies like the Treasury Department and FAA. Um, but because of my background, I've had a pretty uh, diverse uh, uh, exposure to technology and I've watched it evolve across four decades now in the workplace uh, and we'll watch it go from being really a support uh, for traditional um, you know, corporate functions uh, to where it's now, it, it really is a differentiator in so many ways in organizations. And having spent almost a decade now in public education, um, I uh, really feel like that there's a little bit of a disconnect between the pipeline of kids coming out of schools and their next step, whether that's in college or it's uh, you know going on to some other uh, technical career path or e even into uh, the military where it, there, there's often a gap of skills, and I know that there are some bright spot, uh, spots in schools that do quite well, but I believe that uh, there needs to be more continuity in the pipeline uh, coming okay. out of schools. Excellent. So we'll get more into that details on Blaine. So this is just a good 240-word tweet. Um, so uh, Dr. Yeah. Martinez, my, my friend, uh, he's, we've been on this path together since 2015. Um, let's hear from you. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Dr. Dave Martinez, principal of Early College High School. Uh, I've been at the school for five years. Uh, it's part of the Newport Mesa Unified School District, and I've been part of the district for 17 years. Uh, Early College High School is a college and career preparatory school. Uh, it's a dual enrollment high school. Our partners is Coastline College, and uh, our purpose is really to generate students who are college and career ready so they can be citizens of impact in their community. So thank you for having me. Thank you, and thank you for being a partner. You're welcome. Um, thank you. Yeah. So the, the very first qu first question, and we could jump in and 
I may interrupt you if you're going too long. Um, so I'm not going to time box anyone to say that you only have, you know, a certain amount of minutes. But if we could stay, but I am, if we could stay within three to five minutes of your responses, maybe we can get through all three questions and make sure that we hear all the voices of the panelists. Um, so one of the key things that um, we want to talk more about is like the biggest challenge students will face to work in a 21st century workplace. Um, and we're right now as someone who hires, you know, young students or, or young people into the workforce, um, we're seeing this great gap in the digital and especially the soft skills that are needed to, to really um, function in the marketplace today. So, Stephanie, I'm going to start with you since you're sandwiched between, you know, these two, two men. So I'll let start off with you and like hear your voice first. The biggest challenges that I find in preparing students for future workforce is that we have absolutely no idea what jobs of the future look like. <laughs> the other problem that we have um, with preparing students is that universities are still promoting four-year degrees um, with the results of potentially starting a career afterwards, and that's also um, not really what happens when students go through a four-year education. Um, we're, I think, honestly, we're just not uh, getting the right message across to students we're not really preparing them and therefore they're going out into the workforce and feeling a little lost um, in my experience working with underserved populations a lot of our students are first year uh, attendees of universities they come from immigrant families and oftentimes they don't have the support that a lot of successful students have in college to be able to get through so um, there is a really high uh, dropout rate for freshmen uh, particularly here at the university of arizona um, and uh, the workforce high school that I worked for here locally three years ago implemented um, a specialized counselor that helps students transition from high school into the university so that there is more support there for them um, while they try to get through through college. Um, we're really proud about our 100% our um, uh, graduation, um, which is not the normal had these students gone to a different school district in South Tucson. Um, we're also proud that all of our kids go to a four-year uh, university, but once they're there, um, oftentimes that, that, that it doesn't allow them to be, to be able to succeed uh, while they're going through college, let alone um, have any guarantee for, for when they graduate. So uh, we can prepare our students all day, and, um, and we do, and I, we do that also as wearing my role at San Miguel High School, as well as, uh, as our youth entrepreneurship programming through Voz Frontera and Startup Unidos Youth. Um, but it really is about versatility and allowing these students to be able to hone in on where their strengths lie, um, really allowing them to be able to identify the passion, the passions that they have, um, identify the things that, that move them and offer them skills in those areas versus giving them very specific tracks that uh, don't always have an end how, um, how we say or, they're, or how they're marketed. Awesome. Um, Dr. Martinez, I want to hear from you. Yeah, Stephanie hit on some really key issues. So, you know, early college, high school, we're in Costa Mesa, so we're really close to the beach. And I think sometimes as educators, uh, we're, we're not hitting the wave. We're not surfing the wave of uh, what's, what's coming at our students with the 21st century. We always tend to be behind it. Uh, so as I mentioned, what we've done here at our school, and it's starting to happen, happening in schools, uh, and I'll, I'll say in my, in my community, is that education is beyond the walls. And uh, we've done a really good job of uh, really doing college prep and saying what are the A through G requirements, but there really has been uh, a lack of CTE uh, weaved in uh, for students, uh, having students having access to uh, where the industries that are out there, uh, field trips that are not just not restricted to just colleges, but we also get our students out to the fields and, and bring people onto our campuses to, to talk to our kids. And it starts really early on. So it's more of uh, just supplementing what's happening at our schools uh, with, uh, you know, some of, you know, how do you navigate, how do you, how do you first of all find out what, what are you interested in and uh, start exploring that and weaving that into the curriculum. Uh, so one thing that uh, that's out there is the achievement gap, but there's also an accessibility gap that exists uh, with some of our students and families not having access to those sort of portals um, 
and, and those opportunities that are there. And we bring those opportunities here at Early College High School because we're about 65 to 70% uh, uh, students that are come, coming from um, socioeconomically uh, challenged situations, first-generation college-going students. Uh, on top of that, it's also the skills. And uh, I actually struggle with the term soft skills. I, I don't think there's anything soft about them. I think they're elastic skills. It's uh, knowing how to be critical thinkers, uh, being, being able to collaborate, being able to communicate, being able to create. Uh, those are the four C's that we really weave into uh, our lessons. And, you know, as a staff, not only here at our school, but at other, other schools I work with, uh, it's weaving those types of skills and how you how you basically deliver instruction so kids can have the ability to develop those those quote unquote what I call flex skills. Um, and then last but not least, I mean digital skills, what you need is a lifelong learning event. You have to hone those and you have to keep current on that. And that kind of goes back to my illustration of a wave. The wave is always moving and it's always going to be coming up uh, up on the beach, but you got to make sure you're on the board surfing that wave and, and staying current with that. So as educators, we have to adopt that mindset. What was working now and what may be out there now, uh, we're no longer in an age of we're developing uh, students that'd be great industrial revolution workers, but we're not an industrial revolution anymore. We're, we're in a digital age and it's constantly changing. It's global and it's uh, being in front of that so we can prepare our students for what they're going to be facing because uh, we have a pretty good idea of what's going to be out in front of them. Um, and that's what we owe it to our kids to be able to provide them those experiences. Well, thanks, Dr. Martinez. Hey, Blaine, you want to jump in? Hey, thanks for joining us, Heather. Yay. Good to see you. I had some technical difficulties. All good. It's all <laughs> technology. So let's hear from you, Blaine. Um, you know, what are the biggest challenge students will face in the 20th, well, 21st well, century? Well, I kind of drifted into pipeline before when I was doing the intro, but but I do I do agree with everything Dr. Martinez just said. I, I think a lot of those uh, focus areas are really important. I I think that all uh, a rounded student includes both uh, the skills that um, get into the space of critical thinking and uh, to be able to collaborate and to communicate, to be able to uh, plan and lead through project management and things of that nature. And I think that uh, approaches like project-based learning and uh, those kind of centric uh, classroom uh, uh, focuses that really help develop the whole student will definitely help with that. And we're seeing lots of bright spots across the nation and school districts in that regard. But I'll go back to what I was saying before. And I think at the end of the day, we're preparing students to enter the workforce. And so that means that we're preparing them to go into an environment uh, that has a unique set of needs uh, that also is constantly moving and changing as companies innovate. And uh, to me, I, I feel like that there needs to be more of a connection between those environments and, and school districts and even higher ed where there's lots more direct interaction of, of uh, whether it's programs are more like internships or just literally advancing and stretching the classroom to corporate environments uh, so that there's more of a, um, a commitment from the, the corporate environments that need students to be able to be able to step out of educational settings and into those environments. Uh, and, and I really think there's a metamorphosis that needs to go on. Some companies do a great job at that, but I think as a nation, if we're going to be able to compete globally, if we're going to be able to prepare our workforce for the next generation, we've got to go back and retool our, our, our whole society so the corporations are really stakeholders of this and not just recipients. And I'm talking about whole scale, not, not just the cases that we can point to where corporations do a great job with that. And I would say the same thing for public sector because I realize everything's not uh, focused on just a, a corporate environment or, or, or even other other types of uh, nonprofit environments. I think there's a real opportunity there and we've got to figure out how to foster that uh, and, and then to uh, sustain it. Thanks, uh, Blaine. Um, so Heather, let's hear from you. And Dr. Martinez, if you get a chance, if you could turn your camera on so we could see your wonderful expressions would be awesome. So go ahead, Heather. Um, I was nodding my head through most of what you were saying, Blaine. Um, I, um, I agree. We need to give our students um, a lot of like forward thinking and a lot of um, resources to help them 
in the workforce in the 21st century. Things are changing and traditional education is not going that way and it's not helping kids. Um, I, we need to give them a lot more autonomy and a lot more ownership of their education. And I feel like I'm doing a lot of really cool things with um, Scrum and Agile in my classroom this year. And I'm seeing a lot of really amazing, awesome things with the kids and the transformations that they're going through with regards to their education and taking ownership of their education. And um, they are, they're facilitating, they're learning. Um, I'm just there as a guide and they're taking over what they're, what they're learning and reading short stories that they pick, um, reading newspaper articles that they choose. Um, and I think that's helping them be more independent and be dependent on themselves. Um, and that's boosting their self-esteem, their self-confidence. They're becoming more aware of themselves as far as, you know, who they are as individuals, and that will only help them in the workforce. Um, that will only help them to be better employees because they know themselves and they can take that ownership and apply that in other situations. Well, thank you so much. But Heather, um, why don't you just give a, we're, we're doing a tweet, 240 words, um, your background, um, please. Okay, <laughs> will do. <laughs> Come on, I'm hearing, I'm listening for you to verbally tell us who you oh, are. Okay, yeah. <laughs> gonna try. Are you, are you can literally sorry. tweet when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not gonna work. Um, I am a nine through 12th grade ELA teacher at an alternative ed high school here in Phoenix, excuse me. <clears throat> um, I teach um, English language arts. I have a variety of ages. It's alternative ed um, and it's a charter school. So a lot of kids are doing like credit recovery. Um, I started doing um, two classes a day of direct instruction using agile and scrum methodologies. Um, it's going extremely well. Um, I am so empowered by what my students have to offer in their insights every single day. It's awesome. Um, I would not have been able to do this by myself. I have a couple of really good friends, Dr. Dave and um, my friend Wendell Boggs, who's listening. Um, hi, Wendell. <laughs> um, uh, and they are very helpful resources um, and a good school district that's giving me a lot of support. Um, currently, I am going for my pre-candidacy classes. I'm actually here right now in my pre-candidacy class for um, national boards. Nice, congrats. <laughs> Thanks. Good. Let's move on to question number two. And I am going to go ahead and fix something here. You know, it, it's, that's the one thing about being an agilist. Um, it's okay for us to, to make mistakes and um, make sure I'm sharing my screen here. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Am I sharing? Because we're out. Um, okay. Cool. We're good. All right. I meant to, to compete, not to complete. <laughs> so um, they'll make that corrections really quick. You know, what is the biggest, what's the big idea that would help shape the level of readiness for high school students to compete in a 21st century workplace? And anyone could jump in and go. So let's just go ahead and do that. Who wants to go first? I'll go ahead and jump in. I okay. You can see me now. I, I can see yeah, hey, now I can we can see you for sure. <laughs> All right, very good. So I'm going to go back to my ocean analogy. Uh, I tell people you need to have the right fleet of ships for the students. You got to make sure they have access to internships, externships, apprenticeships, and mentorships. If you have that in place for the students, and again, it goes back to bringing the community members onto your campus so they can speak to the kids and they come in and uh, provide those opportunities for our students. Uh, that is huge for, for our kids. And, and, and like I said, it, it's beyond the walls of the classroom. It's uh, providing the, that access for, for the students because some of the students actually grow up in that bubble and all they know is uh, what's happening in the classroom 
and they have some sort of a sense, but uh, you bring that in. Uh, one other thing that I do for uh, our school district is I'm also the AVID district, court, uh, district director. And AVID is Advancement via Individual Determination. And one of the programs that we have here is called Road Trip Nation, where it's actually videos that are produced by a local uh, company actually based in, in Newport Beach slash Costa Mesa, uh, where they interview folks about the skills that you need and what was their journey as they went through college and as they went through all those different shifts that I talked about in order to get to where they were. And these are people that are in our community, so people that they can link to, uh, same background that they had. And a lot of these individuals were also first-generation going uh, students, uh, college-going students that are going to basically pave in the way for a lot of the kids that they're going to be experiencing. So I'm a big believer uh, in AVID, uh, which is also becoming global. Uh, CTE, I already mentioned, but it's more of just uh, a lot of the hands-on and 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 I'm encouraged to see what the, the instruction that's happening in the classrooms that are helping these kids be able to navigate and make that education relevant. If you can make it relevant to what are the opportunities that are out there, uh, you know, that, that's a huge thing that you can do. So that's where I stand by on that. I'll go next. Uh, Dr. Dave, um, I am not in a traditional classroom and have not had much experience working in a traditional classroom. A lot of the youth development work that I do is extracurricular, after school, and um, the students aren't told to show up. They actually want, they want to be there. And when I can capture them uh, to participate in one of the programs, the work, of course, that I offer is in uh, providing a youth entrepreneurship curriculum and opportunities for them to intern. But more importantly, I focus on the student and on the person. Our, I'm a millennial and it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I realized that, um, that I really just kind of honed in the power that I have just by, by numbers. You know, the, everybody followed the, the baby boomer generation um, and the millennials are higher numbers than the boomers and uh, Gen X is even larger than, than millennials. Um, and nobody's really talking about the changes that need to happen out there. I honestly believe that in order for youth to be able to succeed in the 21st century, um, it takes us all coming together as a community for them to hone in their purpose and actually recognize where it is that they stand in the world and all of the non-traditional opportunities that need to be created. We need to um, empower more students to innovate and to recognize the just the the world, the, the land, the, the places in which they already, they, they already stand. There is change to be had everywhere. And as technology speeds up, um, I, take, I, I can sense that we all work with underserved communities. These communities are going to struggle more than anybody else. And where there are challenges, there are solutions and there are opportunities that can be grabbed. And I think more of those con conversations need to be had with students where they're honing in and uh, tapping in on their personal passions and uh, moving forward in the world with purpose and just giving them the right tools and allowing them to be able to connect with the right people to be a part of that change. And uh, I've been doing this for, for quite a while and I see that that's what students want and I, and I see the transformation of the students when you're able to give them those things. They feel like they could do anything versus feeling stressed out about figuring out one of the, you know, tracks that have already been preset for them where they don't always identify. Yeah, I, this is um, um, really getting to the heart of uh, what I really believe is a non-traditionalist in education that uh, in, in terms of what Dr. Martinez said and Stephanie just uh, shared, I totally agree with everything they said. And I want to use an example um, that I recently saw uh, to kind of illustrate that. I, I was at a convening in the Phoenix area recently where students were actually leading uh, a session where, uh, and it was actually um, uh, girl, girls who code, and so it was a coding-focused session, but what they talked about was not just that. They talked about a program that they did with the Cisco Corporation where Cisco had basically put in place the ability for all of these students to uh, go to a, a cyber a cybersecurity uh, uh, camp that they had stood up for them. 
so that they could be exposed to things in other domains of technology besides just coding. And they were able to build networks and they were given scenarios of different types of forensics that they needed to do to be able to troubleshoot and understand um, cyber attacks and, and uh, you know, which is a huge domain right now across the globe. Um, but but, the, but the, the other things that came out of that, of them working together as a team and, and being able to triage together and um, actually uh, um, reach back and get some help when, when they needed it uh, from, from uh, escalation points that they had established for them was just wonderful to watch. And, and if you think about a, a company like Cisco, you know, if they just rep, had the ability to replicate that time and again, and then so many like them, uh, then all of a sudden we're creating this this new ecosystem where kids can learn uh, as a as a normal part of their learning process and explore and, and understand if, if this really is the path they want to go down for uh, their, their, their career or is it something else and the more that they can kind of uh, experience have those kind of experiences and be able to sample uh, the more likely they're going to be aligned uh, with a, a successful path for them and, and know what their options are. But uh, if all corporations started just building that into the fabric of who they are and how they hire, every corporation has a human resources department and you could walk to any of them and they're all gonna have an EAP program, they're all gonna have programs you know, for equity and they're gonna have lots of different things that they do, but they don't all have a program that creates an environment where, where the next generation coming behind can come in and explore and learn. And I think we need that kind of revolutionary change to be able to create opportunities for us. Uh, it's to really, as Stephanie said, with a community involvement in education that really is gonna create a, 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 an environment where kids can succeed and taking the next step after uh, traditional high school. I think it's you, Heather. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I think everybody pretty much said exactly what I would say. The only thing that I would add, and this is more of just a classroom setting piece, um, is giving them the ability to fail um, and teaching them that it's okay. Um, and not just, I'm not saying fail like, I don't know. Um, I had a thought and it's like gone. Um, but giving them the opportunities to succeed, but also to try and then realize that they weren't doing what they need to do and try again and learn from that. Those opportunities to learn those things, those skills, because that is important also. Um, I think a lot of our kids don't come in with those experiences and they need to have those experiences before they go and join the workforce. Well said, very well said, great big ideas. Um, and to our third question, we want to look at a few tangible steps that we could take now that will help, right, to help them move the students forward in, in terms of being able to be ready to, for the workforce. Um, even when they come out of college, because I see a lot of students coming out of college and they're just not there yet. And, and so, um, you know, what are a few tangible things that we could do now to help, whether it's through our communities, through our high schools, through our colleges? Um, what, what are the ideas that you have? Well, I mean, entrepreneurship is the solution to everything as far as I'm concerned. Um, entrepreneurship allows students to be able to creatively come up with solutions and develop their own opportunities instead of expect one. It also removes us wishing that corporations would all of a sudden transform and allow these new environments for our students to thrive. But it might take just as long, if not longer, to convince corporate America to change the way that they've always done things in order to be able to adjust for this new workforce. So the biggest solution in my mind is just allow students to be able to figure it out on their own, regardless of what they uh, decide to take on at a university or whether they decide to go to trade or whether they decide to take some other technical training um, that suits them in order for them to be able to, to get a job. Uh, the answer is entrepreneurship and we should be teaching our students more of that and less of, uh, of uh, expectations for a traditional path or expectations from corporations or any other old uh, 
you know, type of way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, uh, you know, when I graduated from high school well over 30 years ago, um, we had a conversation in our economics class about what was going to be the wave of the future. What was the United States going to be really good at? And I remember the teacher saying it was going to be information systems. We're going to be the leader in uh, creating something. And at that time, we had no idea it was going to be the Internet. It was just going to be able to provide information to people at a moment's notice. And I think what's happened is we've been so conditioned and our kids have been conditioned and even their parents in growing up in an age of finding out the answer in a blink of an eye without having to muddle through and go through the process of trying to problem solve it and just tell me what the solution is to this or just give me the answers quickly. There's no research, no exploration. And I, I, I you know, it, it seems like that's where we've been, we've been conducting our business for the last 25, 30 years. And, you know, I heard about, you know, struggling and, and I'm all for that. In, t in fact, that's just kind of the, that growth mindset that we want to teach our, our mm -hmm. students that it's okay to fail. I mean, I got a book on uh, Edison's life on my bookshelf there, and I, I always tell people, you know, that guy failed the most, and look <laughs> where he's at. He could not get to the right answer until he failed and failed, but you didn't see it as failure as a doom. It was okay. It's not done that way. Let's find another way. It's okay to be creative and explore and, and just, you know, grit on through it. So it's it's really letting students know that it's okay. And I would even say that in our school system, in the traditional school system, uh, we've also done a disservice on how we grade our students. And sometimes how they interpret a grade is an F is an F. And I never refer to an F as an F. I call it a one-legged A. And I tell our students, listen, you got one leg up, we just work on the other one. And, uh, you know, it's just a progress monitor. So if you do that, um, you know, I think it puts that student in a, in a frame of, okay, I had a hiccup, that's all right, it's just a little speed bump, but I can recover. And if you if you really genuinely believe in that and your staff believes in that, they'll, uh, you know, your, your students will actually start to thrive. They will not think they're, they're you know, deep in the dumps. And, and last but not least, I, I am actually, a, the, the one traditional set of values I really do believe in is reading, writing, and arithmetic, the three R's. And if you can progress monitor the students through, can they critically read, can they write in different formats, can they problem solve with math, and you monitor our students all the way up through uh, while they're in elementary school and, and high school, uh, those progress monitor grades that we give our students are actually, I think, a better set of tests right now to determine college readiness than they've ever been, been before. And I'll speak for the state of California at least. Um, I, we're starting to see data that once they get to the 11th grade and they're taking these tests, it's really truly measuring are they college ready. Um, and if they aren't, where can you I diagnose in, in one year uh, to help them and then actually better plan for them as to what their outlet for our education should be. Well, I'll, I'll go um, next. I, I just, I, again, I, I think that these ideas of, uh, you know, uh, fostering innovation in the classroom and creating safe spaces for students to learn and, and, and yes, fail, but to, to use that as an opportunity to fail forward, I, th I think are, are excellent ways to help them prepare for, for the workforce. I, I will go back and, and just, uh, because I, it's been kind of my theme, is to talk about um, being, um, I guess, proactive in engaging the community. I think as uh, the uh, education environments, we have to lead. At, at, corporations, uh, you know, they, they are always retooling themselves. And I, I think that we've just got to be more the initiators of going out and engaging them. I'll speak now, I'll speak for my role at the, the Tucson Unified School District. I'm starting to do that with uh, different uh, networks that I have on behalf of the school district and the regional assistant superintendents because um, everybody is just so laden with everything they're trying to get done in the delivery and instruction somebody's gonna take the first steps. So um, starting to build uh, the opportunities for kids to explore and learn a little bit about uh, the types of jobs that they might enter into, um, you know, what, that are tech-centric, but also require a lot of these other skills that we're talking about. And uh, I think that uh, really uh, school systems at, at large need to, uh, you know, start being a, a, a little bit more, um, uh, 
innovative in how they engage the communities and then what's going on in, in the traditional approach of often letting the communities come to them. And, and, and that's just not going to happen. So, so we are going to have to lead on the uh, uh, um, education side and reach out to the communities and be the, be the ones to kind of forge those paths. I love Dr. David Martinez. I liked what you said about the F being the one. a one-legged A. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Um, yeah. I, I had a story at the beginning of the year when I first started doing um, Scrum and Agile in my direct instruction class. And I gave the kids an assignment. And I always like to start off ELA and rip off that Band-Aid and just jump right into theme, which is, like, very difficult. And you know, give them a lot of like background, obviously, you know, and uh, we watched some videos and we watched um, some clips from Finding Nemo because I, I liked that movie. Um, and uh, we figured out what theme was based on just what we saw from that, that the clips from that movie. And um, I gave them their stories and I had a girl come up to me and she said, well, I think the theme for this is, um, you know, you, you can't always take this for granted, whatever it was that the story was. I can't remember right now. But, um, and I said, yeah, that's the theme. And this is the theme and this is the theme. And she was looking for me to say, yes, that's right. But I wasn't going to give that to her because it's your opinion. You know, the theme that you take out from the story, the author's message. And I guess what my point is that, um, Kids are, they're looking for us to tell them the right answers, the quick fixes. And they need to develop that sense of just finding those things on their own. And what's right for them might not be right for somebody else. Um, they come to their learning naturally. Um, the, you know, 12-month-old might be learning to walk at the same time an 18-month-old might be learning to walk. Um, so we need to realize that they're not all square pegs fitting into, you know, the round hole. They're all different sizes and they come to their learning at different times. And we, I think we're starting to look at that and starting to see that. Um, I think um, these innovative opportunities, like Stephanie said, the entrepreneurship, um, we need to have them have more experiences outside of the classroom, and that shows them more what the real world is like. Ah, this, that was really good, too. So as we come to the close of our webinar, I, I just want to say thank you, but I would like you guys to, and gals, I keep saying guys, I just say guys and gals, uh, to probably give a closing note. You know, something that maybe is a takeaway from today uh, or something is, that is an ad for today. I know you've added a lot of great insights um, in our conversation thus far, but I would love to hear, you know, one last thing from each one of you before I, I go ahead and plug five Saturdays. <laughs> so feel free to jump in. Um, I'm happy to go first. So I I would like to inspire more adults to stop telling young people what to do, to stop talking at young people and getting to know them, to stop telling them that they can't do anything that's worthwhile until after they're 18 or only if they go to college. Young people are ready far before we give them credit for. And we start honing into our internal compasses and passions somewhere around nine through 11 years old through the work that I've done. And we need to believe them. We need to allow them more opportunities to be able to explore themselves and to learn and to, to stop the misconceptions that others have of what middle school or junior high or high school students are truly capable of. Because when they, hit, when they turn 18, we expect them to just go out into the world and be adults and be mature and figure it all out and know exactly who they are when all of the years prior to that, they haven't really been given those opportunities. So I'd like to charge more people to listen more carefully to young people, to trust that they know more than what we think that they do, and to take on a young person and mentor them 
and to do that over and over and over again. Yeah, I'll go next. Um, yeah, so we've got the slide up of five Saturdays, and it's a program we've had here at Early College High School, and those are a few of my seniors there in the pictures. Um, you know, I'm a believer of project-based learning, and uh, anytime you can weave it into uh, your curriculum that you have within the school year, it, it, it shouldn't be seen as separate. Uh, the experiences we're talking about entrepreneurship or putting students in a context where they're working as a team, whether it's cybersecurity or doing coding or even esports, um, they're all giving them opportunities that are going to stretch their ability to talk about the four C's that, or, or to practice the four C's that I had mentioned earlier. Um, and most important, and we, and we brought this up, is bringing the community into the schools and creating that partnership. It's developing those connections. Um, when those connections are built and you have a young person that can have a connection and identify with someone in that field of interest, it's going to build their confidence. It's going to build their ability to capitalize on the opportunities that are out there. And then last but not least, I always play on words, and that's the way I am, uh, but I, I can't stand the word can't. Um, I tell people, hey, listen, the word can't is just the word can with a kickstand on it. You know, we all have to learn to ride a bike and, you know, balance ourselves, and then we can remove that pot, that uh, apostrophe in the T, and then you can. So, you know, you're almost there. It's just a not-yet approach to what you need to do, and just you know, just got to press on with it. Lovely. Dr. Martinez, I want you to come up and teach all of those little word things that you have to <laughs> us in, in Phoenix. Because I need those in my classroom. It drives my, it drives my two kids nuts, but okay, I'll, I may take you up on that offer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> we need to do more of that. And the, the kids' eye roll, I can already see it and hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I agree with a lot of what you said and a lot of what Stephanie said. Um, I think we giving these kids, giving our kids, all of kids, every kid, everybody, um, the opportunities to explore outside of the four walls of the classroom. Um, any of those experiences, all of these, all of those experiences um, are, are good things and they can see different opportunities for themselves in different workforces, in different job markets. And um, that all makes, helps make, helps build our kids to be um, 21st century learners in the workforce. Well, well for, for my part, first off, I'm gonna go back and replay this just so that I learn all Dr. Martinez's uh, uh, quick wits. Plus, uh, those are gonna come in and I'm sure that's just scratching the surface. Uh, but, but truly, I wanna thank Dr. Dave and, and the panel for great insights. You know, uh, in, in the CTO role, very often, much of my focus is, is on delivering technology services in classrooms. But I've always inspired and, and really energized when I listen to the, to the ones who are really delivering the education and instruction, uh, because the whole reason I'm in education as opposed to private sector is because I believe in the work. Um, but uh, this just has re-energized re me to go uh, make sure that I am uh, ferreting out opportunities for our kids and working with our regionals to, to bring the opportunities to explore and to to learn and, and even fail and to learn from the failure so that they can succeed. And uh, so to me, uh, I, I think this has been a great investment of time this morning. And I look forward to going back and uh, sharing with the superintendent's leadership team what we learned. Um, you know, I just, I'm super grateful and thankful that uh, you guys have, have given your time and gals have given your time today. Um, I, I've partnered with each one of you in some way or the other, except for Blaine, you're, you're like new to my community, which is awesome, uh, which gives us a chance to connect. But um, I would love to see that we go forward and start maybe creating a forum, whether it's twice a year, four times a year, where we could come together and bring others into this conversation so that uh, we could start looking forward to how could we use all of the talents that we do have to make a difference in the lives of high school students. Um, that's where my passion lives. I live in the corporate space. 
And I think it's important for us to come back and bring our talents back into the high school students and create a, a community uh, for that. And that's what we do with the Five Saturdays program. So, you know, every summer I recruit a bunch of uh, industry professionals to bring their talents back to the high school students and teach them to build software, teach them entrepreneurship. We use Agile as a baseline for everything that we do and also to teach them job readiness because, you know, you, you learn how to code, you learn how to be an entrepreneur while you really need to learn how to communicate and use those skills and bring them forward into the workplace. So, you know, I'm grateful for your time today. Um, please learn more about 5saturdays.org. Uh, we always ask the people to donate because it's a nonprofit organization and everything we get, we bring in, we actually give back. You know, as you can see with um, Dr. Martinez could attest to this, that, you know, we make sure that all the students who come to our program, there's no barrier to entry, right? And so everything they need for those, I call it five Saturdays, and he gives me a hard time about it because it's actually seven Saturdays because we have an intro and an award Saturday. So it's five core Saturdays and everything they need to be successful in a period of time, you know, we make sure we provide that for them. So um, I look forward to partnership with each one of you in the work that we're doing. And perhaps we could start creating more of a bigger community. And that's why I have these um, webinar series, especially once a year, but maybe we may uptick for twice a year. Maybe we'd do something again in the fall and, and invite others to come in and have this conversation. Um, so with that, if there's, if there's anything left to be said, we could say it. Um, otherwise, I just want to say thank you so much for your time today. Anything left to be said? Thank you. Yeah, thank you as well. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dave. You can count on me to help you with five Saturdays. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. oh Saturdays. thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm, Dr. Martinez, I'm going to come see you this summer. Oh, very good. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. I just want to thank uh, Blaine, Heather, and Stephanie for being part of this. It was It was quite enjoyable. Yep. Thank you. Hey. All right. Thank Have you. Enjoy Saturday, your Saturday. And, yep. Uh -huh. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.